Oh, wow. Look, it's a hat party and everyone was invited. Well, almost everyone. I need some of those uh, poles so I can move my lips. <laughs> Whoa. Fishy. Whoa. <laughs> I know. Oscar's in the can taking 2020 like a shot. Dr. Tar. This is Professor Feather. This is the Midnight Gadflesh. This is Dr. Head. And this is Bomb the Blue Fez. And you are listening to. Welcome, fellow inmates. This is the Blue Fez, and today's therapy session, we'll be talking about our favorite robots, androids, AIs, in books, movies, television, and comics, you name it. We've watched it, read it, consumed it, stuffed it in our pants, whatever. But we're going to talk about our favorite robots, so let's get started. I turn it over to the group. Gadfly, your favorite mechanism in film or TV, whatever. Uh, it, it's got to be B9 from Lost in Space. Um, danger. It, danger, it was Will a, Robinson. Yeah, it was a toss-up between him and Robbie, the robot, obviously. Um, and I don't know, that that show is so stupid, um, you know, but I just, when I was a kid, I loved it. It was a great premise, you know, you jump in the ship, you get lost on another planet every episode. Uh, you've got this... Uh, weird uh, dr smith uh, that's just kind of running around manically um and then you've always got that that the voice of reason which is benign you know um and i like oh, the design no. the design Not in the is later great. episodes oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> the and then i actually really like the design of the robot in the netflix um series mm. of of the b9 the more organic um, and the fact that a lot of that is practical. So they, they literally have a, a really nicely, you know, built practical um, robot. Are you that. talking about that Android one or what? Well, I, it wouldn't be an Android, right? Well, an Android well, has that, to look like the a one human. That, the, the, the alien thing or what? Yeah. Is that? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a little bit more organic looking, yeah. but I wouldn't call it an Android. No, it's not an Android, but it. Humanoid, robot. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's not an android, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's mine. I, I really dig that. And didn't uh, Dr. Tar was telling me that, that was des uh, B9 was designed by the same guy who designed Robbie? Yes, but I couldn't tell you his name. It's this Japanese-American gentleman that made design both B9 and Robbie. It's the same designer, so I yeah, thought that was going to go. You, you can, and you can totally tell when you <laughs> yeah. when you compare the two. There's there's a lot of similarities in the design. That's not a bad, a, common, have, a yeah, a bad thing. I mean, it's, it's great. they both 
look like uh, bubblegum machines, you know. <laughs> Bending machines with attitude. <laughs> Would 60 gallons be sufficient? <laughs> yeah, well, see, I, that Robbie was the first of the robots that actually, like, you actually liked him because he had just his uh, programming itself, you know, <clears throat> you know, find the, oh, excuse me, <clears throat> following uh, the laws of what uh, Asimov, you know, the, the robotic laws and stuff, you know, he can't arm human, humans outright, which plays into the story a little later. But, you know, I mean, it was just, it was interesting listening to gentlemen, you know, the way he spoke, you know, that voice too that they used for him was. Welcome nice. to Altair 4, gentlemen. <laughs> very resonant, yeah. very nice. Yes. Very nice voice. Yeah, I speak oh, all yeah. those languages. It's a delight. And the various dialects and subtongues. That's right. Yeah, there's this, there's this, at times, almost this sense of, I won't say condescension, it doesn't come to that, but it's that sense of, I guess the, the assuredness that he knows he's right or that he knows everything or can do anything. You know, I guess you want that in a robot. You know, if you're going to make a robot like Robbie who can pick up a house, you kind of want him to know that he can do it, you know. But that's why I like, that's one of the, my favorite things about Forbidden yeah, Planet that, is that the robot. Robbie is fantastic. Yeah, it's just, you know, but he seems, he's very accommodating. But, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Both of so, those robots. Yeah. Hey, so, you know what? As much as I like him, the, he's not the one I wanted to talk about because there's so many of them out there that were just... I, that I really like too. It's hard to. Well, then let's jump over to Doctor Tar and find out his. Oh, name. don't do that because there's too many. <laughs> well, you got a big one. Oh, really? You can, you can, you can, you can, can go back, back around and pick two. Oh, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick How one for now. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'll pick a kind of an offbeat one. Uh, the Colossus of New York. Nice. Yes. Uh, <laughs> except he wasn't quite a robot. He was more of a cyborg type thing. But it's it all steampunky looking, and yeah, it was just interesting design for him. You know, it's kind of a, a Frankenstein thing going on, but absolutely. And uh, but yeah, just that design, <laughs> which was kind of funny too. Let me put this big crank over here that will just turn you on and off here. <laughs> it's just, just out of reach. Anyway, and yeah, let me give you a death race too while we're at it. Which, <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why, why, why wouldn't you? <laughs> exactly. You've got the time, you've got the tools and the talent. I say or, death ray. Or is it that his brain evolved that he could shoot death rays or whatever? I don't know. Is it a good movie? I like it. <laughs> that says it all right there. <laughs> well, that says a lot. Yes, it does. <laughs> that, yeah, didn't answer the question, but no, I, I, I recently rewatched it as well, and I liked it. I, I don't think it. I think it's 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 a solid B movie. Oh yeah, it's science fiction like robot horror movie. I, it I, just I, looks interesting. To yeah, me. it's just I, an I interesting take on it, and it yeah. was just Absolutely. and the when he wakes up and he screams and all that stuff and that yeah. I, in other words, it's worth watching moment. if you haven't seen it before. Yeah, yes. I'm going to yes. watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's got it's good cinematography too. The way they they stage stuff. Yeah, the lighting, everything's it's really nice. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's let's keep this robot fest Ooh, going. Yeah. How about Chronos? Oh, there we go. Giant robots. There you mm -hmm. go. And the Mysterians robot. 
Bulgaria. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which I thought was really cool when I first, yeah. when I first saw yeah. that. Me too. There's that one shot where he's, uh, it's that supposed to be at street level looking up, and you just see the top of it going past the trees. Mm. That was great. That one little scene, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I remember that. Anyway. Good stuff. All right, Professor Feather, robots, you love them. Which one? All time. <laughs> I love them all time, that's for sure. I have, mm. <laughs> I have loved them for a long time. Uh, my pick is from literature. I'm going to pick R. Daniel Olival, who is a creation of Azek Isimov. Um, he appears in a number of books and uh, one short story. Um, starts out in 1953 or 54, uh, Caves of Steel, I think is the first one. Um, and he is a humaniform robot, the first of his kind, created by scientists from the planet Aurora. Um, this is like way in the future here. <laughs> We're talking way in the future. Earth uh, people all live underground. And our Daniel Orlival is uh, commissioned to come and work with this detective, uh, a guy named Elijah Bailey. And uh, then the book is a, essentially, it's a detective novel uh, in the future. And this was one of the things that was, it or is, highly lauded about um, these books and uh, this character in particular, really. Um, just the farsightedness and the way that Asimov has uh, weaved this character throughout his major fiction. Um, but there's a um, Ardeniel is humaniform, so he looks like a human. He can pass for a human, um, and that's a big step in in robotics. Usually, they most robots don't. They look like the robots, you know, um, utilitarian humaniform, but. Uh, our Daniel's uh, model is pure humaniform. Um, but then it's just a, it's a detective story that's really good. And it's, it's more about the, 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 the interaction between uh, the robot and the human. And the human, uh, I also have to say, they don't like robots. Humans live underground, they're, they, and they're anti-robotic. They're, they're at odds with some of these other planets and stuff, uh, even though we are the, the home planet. Um, so there's this certain animosity and distrust and suspicion, even on Lige Bailey's part with R. Daniel Olivar. And the R stands for robot, by the way. Every robot always comes with, with that R in front of it. Um, and they are indeed... A, a, a servant class. That's what they are. You know, let's not make any bones about it. They are a servant class, servant to man. Um, and, and this is all equated by the three laws of robotics that Isaac Asimov came up with. And um, this is where these laws are posited. These are laws that are in question right now. Um, should they be used? There's a lot of ethical uh, problems going on right now, all involving these laws of robotics that Asimov came up with. Um, but anyway, in the course of R. Daniel's uh, journey, and R. Daniel's journey, by the way, spans uh, over 10,000 years. Uh, he is weaved throughout the history of uh, the Asimov's universe through the Foundation books. He appears in almost in, in tons of the Foundation books, only in odd ways. It's very clever how... Um, Asimov did this because originally they were suppo not supposed to be the same universes. 
Um, but his Lige Bailey and R. Daniel just became so, so popular. And so, and R. Daniel became a spokesperson for Asimov's thoughts and Asimov's knowledge and, 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 Asim, and just Asimov's, you know, uh, contemplations. Uh, absolutely brilliant how it's, how it's done. Um, he appeared in uh, two, three books, four books, four books, I guess. Um, they even come up to the point where he and another robot, um, R. Giscard, create what is called the zeroth law of robotics. And this is the one that deals with the ethical problem. What is the greater good? Is this individual's life less than the good of the all of all of all humanity, essentially? And they struggle with this. And there's a built-in in their brains, and, and this is another thing that uh, science has adopted. They're called a positronic brain. Yep, um, and he's um, just so so wrapped up in in how in how this all works and the humanization. And you, we were already talking about the humanization of robotics. Could I of robots I, and and how that? Uh, um, sure. How can I take this fish boy? Seriously. <laughs> Go ahead, Flappy. Sorry, it's the fish thing. Okay, you can cut all that out. Sorry. <laughs> no, we don't do cuts anymore. Oh. Um, so, so here we go. Yeah, where was I? He meets the another ultimate. robot, the Zero, oh, yeah, the Positronic and, and Brain. Replicate. Thank you. And they have this struggle where um, trying to decide if the the good of one, which according to the laws of robotics, probably is a little different. Wait a minute. According to the laws of robotics, <laughs> is that uh, you can, human, harm cannot come to a human in knowingly by a robot. And they're trying to break that law because of the circumstances of, of what's going on in, in the universe at that time. And our Giscard keeps breaking down, going into stasis. When they, or he even just thinks about this. Well, he does it. They are so driven to what they're, what they're trying to do. And our Daniel is kind of like an observer and a, you know, a participant on the side, you know, um, with what ha- what is what is happening. He's very complicit with what is going on. But anyway, as each time that Argiscar goes into stasis, it the stasis lasts less time. So the stasis keeps getting shorter and shorter until it finally comes that he actually can do what they want to be done, you know, which, um, and I won't say any more because you need to read them. These, these are fabulous books. Um, yeah, he started writing all this stuff in the forties, right? Wrote it clear up into the eighties and it's just a, a super good universe. He's not the best writer in the world. I'll admit that, but, but that's, kind of becomes he's like an invisible writer you know he has no real style it's it's all in what he's what the thought processes and how and how that works and humanization everything he does is, is about humanization and so, he, he calls them robots yeah robots <laughs> that's what yeah isaac did yes so there's my guy i mean I, that's a little long and involved but uh, he's been a part of my life you know, and I'm a little old here, and he's been a part of my life for almost as long as I can remember. 
and uh, yeah. So, but by the same token, so has um, Robbie the robot, you know, and some of the other robots that we've talked about. Who incorporates a lot of those ideals? Little, so, well, yeah, is, uh, yep. programming and yeah. to Asimov's test testament, uh, yes. you know, it, there's a lot in science right now that he talked about, and they look back at him and say, "Yes, what did Isaac say?" You know. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, and then we watched uh, the creation of the humanoids. Was that it? Mm. Yes. Yeah. And that had you know kind of similar themes. You know that we did a podcast on that already. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And those were really. I mean, there was some really cool stuff in that movie. Other than the cowboy-looking rebels, you know, it was, uh, <laughs> it's not bad. I mean, there was a lady in there who was in love with an android. Indeed. Oh yeah, one of the major stories in the R. Daniel and Elijah Bailey is they go to the, the planet Aurora, and they find out that this uh, woman, human, was having a love a love affair with a robot, and the robot she considered the robot her husband, and and, and something happens, and that's why they ha and this takes them to the planet Aurora. He shows her <laughs> his other positronic thing. <laughs> download on me <laughs> <laughs> oh there you go there's my pick awesome excellent excellent dr head well something that uh dr or professor feather said about you know the, this robot has been with him robot has been with him since you know <laughs> for a long time and most of us i think have those same kind of relations and, and feelings about them we grew up watching these shows and movies and and my choice is from johnny sacco uh, giant robot is like the first <laughs> robot i remember seeing as a kid i was probably four you know and just my love for giant robot just kind of knew no bounds you know it was just for me he was this, this giant fighting machine but he was cool he had a jetpack and he had missiles coming out of his fingers and he had lasers out of his eyes and he had an atomic punch and you know he was and he was responsive he had a relationship with johnny even though he couldn't like really talk back um and he you know kind of had to do what johnny told him in his wristwatch but it seemed like giant robot could also was aware of threats to johnny so for me as a really young child i i took this as his personalization like giant robot knew johnny and so, therefore, I wanted to be friends, you know, with Johnny. So, Giant Robot would know me too. Uh, so, yeah, it just kind of embodies that that childlike wonder that hasn't ceased since with everything pretty much that we all watch and love. Because I love, you know, uh, you know, Robbie and and the robot from Lost in Space and a host of others. Like it's all hard to find just one example because we could probably each list you know, five or six. Um, but yeah, Johnny Sacco still, and I watch it today and I, and I still remember why I liked it as a kid. And there's still something in that Herculean mammoth weapon, which was supposed to be used by the gargoyle gang that still makes me feel happy. And, and like that, you know, pre kindergartner who just watched it every day, you know? So that's, that's my pick giant robot. And I'm not ashamed to admit that I cried when uh, the last episode of Giant Sacco, so it's okay. I'm still dealing with it. And that was just the other day. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, 
I, I watched it. I introduced some people to it. We were watching it, and and one of them just got really into it. And uh, and even though he was an adult, still kind of felt that by the time you get to the end, there was that emotional connection you could understand. And I'm like, yeah, imagine being four years old and how, or five. I was about five, I think, when I saw the end. And I said, imagine how traumatic you know this is to see. I was like the first, I think, death that I'd experienced. Yeah. You know, someone I'd loved in that childlike fashion, and to to see that was like, oh no, that can't happen. You know, so yeah, giant robot for me. Yeah, I'd like to think that Brad Bird was channeling that when he did the Iron Giant because it, it has that kind of <laughs> very similar feeling with the with the mm -hmm. sacrifice at the end and that bond that the characters develop over the the course of the movie. Oh sure, and, and it's every bit as moving. It's hard yeah. to watch that movie because of yeah. that. The Iron really Giant is a good is a good choice. I like. Yeah, that. that's yeah. awesome. Excellent, Doctor Head. Excellent, excellent. We all need a little Johnny Sacco in our lives, don't we? And that comes to me. So what's my favorite robot? So I've been a huge robot fan since I was a kid. I this When I was thinking about this, I wasn't sure how I was going to narrow this down to one or two because I, since a young child, I've just been enamored with the concept of robots, artificial life, anything like that. In fact, when I got my first director set when I was a kid, I was very disappointed when I found out there were not enough parts to build a robot. I got maybe a foot done. And I was like, well, this isn't going to get me anywhere. So, you know, there weren't enough Tinker Toys, Lincoln Logs, director sets in the world to realize my unholy creation. So I just kind of put that by the side. But when it comes to like robots right now, I'm I'm going to narrow it down to one. And the, the reason I do that is because it was such a novel approach to the thought of what a robot could be or, or artificial life. And that is Christopher Nolan's Interstellar uh, with the robots TARS and CASE. I mean, yes, that's an obvious homage to 2001 and that the robots look like a mon the monolith itself. But it was such a departure in what we've seen before at this point here was a here was a mechanism that made no attempt to look like a human being um or or even anything bipedal with arms or something we could recognize like say irobot or bicentennial man or whatever um it, it's just this giant slab that talked with a, a computer screen on the front and when it needed to move the the sections would break apart to allow it to you know kind of puts around and stuff like that and also on top of the practical effect um shooting it in the movie which was puppeteered um that really just kind of blew my mind because i i appreciated that somebody said okay well we're gonna have we're gonna craft this story we're gonna have robots in it but we want to do something different we're gonna we're gonna take that sort of practicality and 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 make it so like so minimalist. One might even argue it's it's like an example of brutalism. Um, so minimalist that it's it's just it's it's pure function almost. There's almost no design in, except that it's so simple. And I, I just absolutely loved that. And you know whether you like or hate the movie, you know whatever. I personally loved it. But the the robots for me that was just that that I, I remember seeing that. And Dr. Head, like you were talking about, you know, if you, you see Johnny Sacco now, you get that kind of like, oh, I feel like a kid again. And I saw that. I'm just thinking, yeah, the eight-year-old me would have just been like, oh, wait, I don't need to make it look human. I can make it look like a slab. Oh, yeah, I can do this. 
It's like, Dad, I need you to cut me some timber. We're putting this thing together, you know, out in the garage. And I, I just, oh, I was so excited when I saw that because it was just, it was an interesting approach to just, to, you know, just what a robot could be, you know, the AI, the different approaches to AI and the, the two different versions, TARS, of course, both of them being retired military robots, one being a little bit more of a, you know, authoritarian and the other one was just like kind of chill, like, oh yeah, this guy's the mouthy one. He's kind of a badass. I mean, I just like to hang out and do shit, you know, stuff like that. And I, I really kind of appreciated that. Um, you know, using it, using them as as foils, which, yes. which you know is it, it's a very good uh, um, ploy for logic. Mm-hmm. You know, to have that to have that counter, you know, yeah. in which they kind of counter each other, and but that makes one unit that they become. Mm-hmm. It, and, and the other thing, what you're saying is it's it's based in science. It's yeah. scientifically grounded. That's what I like about it. You know, about about that. Just that's what blew me away. You know, really everything you said. I totally agree. I'd forgotten about them for, you know, and that's good. That, that's yeah. that's a good one. Yeah, and as a kid now, you could build that out of boxes and become yeah. those robots and just yeah. kind of tool around. Yeah, I've, I've seen <laughs> I've seen some pretty good cosplay. Some people have put. Um, uh, some cosplay where they they build these things and they're they're like um, kind of like how they puppeteered them in the movie. They're standing behind them and they've got the various parts on rods and they're in a black suit and they're just walking behind them and they've got mm-hmm. like an iPad for the screen. I'm like, that's brilliant. That's cool. That's, that's just so cool. But yeah, you know, you you get you have to give them credit for just thinking, you know, way outside the box on this on what a what a machine could be, you know, as almost pure function. Um, and it was just uh, just a revelation for me, and I, I, yeah, I loved it. And so, and beyond that, I mean, if I had to pick a number two, um, I, I was I was gonna throw in um, Gadfly when you're talking about B nine. B nine was probably the only thing that I, in, I, I, as a kid, I was a Star Trek snob. I hated Lost in Space. The minute <laughs> I, 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 I loved the technology. I loved the ship. I loved the chariot. All of that stuff. I loved the robot. But every time I watched that, I was just hoping that somebody would flip a switch on B9 and he would strangle Dr. Smith. Just get him out of the way. <laughs> Amen, <laughs> brother. <laughs> just drove me nuts. I'm like, you know what? Get rid of the humans. I'll just stick with the machines. I'll, and I would enjoy the show much more. Go back to crush, kill, destroy. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, but you notice they really didn't tackle that subject in Star Trek. I mean, they had a couple episodes where they had humanoid robots. Nomad. Yeah, or or yeah in the um well and uh uh commander pike uh, he wasn't well, really a robot but what was he yeah. uh, I, can you see my red cyborg light? there's a cyborg for you yeah. right there as, yeah, as the machine. he was in the extractor yeah. <laughs> but uh when they finally tackled it on uh, next gen with data data was uh you know and i think a lot of that's owed to brent spiner's performance and carrying that and there were and i mean they and they taught they uh, touched on some you know isaac asimov sort of oh, topics yeah. in the yeah. show dealing with it is is he can he be experimented on is he a citizen or is he product is he property is he owned by starfleet and when i was i kind of appreciated that yeah kind of go but kind of going against that you get uh gort Mm. who is uh, on the other somewhat, side but, yeah where just, he has some more authority of, oh, you know he can override human you know if it's going to cause he has that ability he can he will or whatever they don't really allude to it too much but you know they an AI but his design though too was 
uh, pretty eye opening the first time I saw that. Yeah. You know? yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Eye opening. Yeah, so, it's so seamless. Visor opening. Like, like the ship. You know, that's what I loved about Gort is that how they were one and it was just detached the inhumanity of Gort and and the and the seamlessness of the ship metal and and Gort um and it's an imposing scary figure with that great theremin soundtrack I mean that's one of my favorite sci-fi movies of all time and it's It's a great great police drama yeah part of that is that's what they are they're policemen come on exactly not, not really police I take that back one's a policeman the other's a police robot and they and they actually did come in peace Except where? <laughs> well, yeah, they came in peace. I'm bringing my big fucking weapon, buddies. I'm coming in peace. Right, <laughs> letting you know this is what Come awaits you. Yeah. That, that, that was, was a, that was very that was very very. Uh, if I could talk way. about it, also ran another one of my favorite robots is the Gunslinger from Westworld. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. please, you know, please don't concept, smoke. Please. Just that concept, <laughs> no. concept of the robots and how you had to kind of look at their palm of their hand to see if they are robots or not, you know, because I, I remember that as a kid on TV, it just captured my imagination. And I'm thinking, because at the time it was like, what, $25,000 a week or something to go to Westbrook. We're like, oh my gosh, that's, that's so much money, you know, and uh, it's just, Yul Brenner just plays into perfection. I mean, yep. you know, he's just, he's yes. just great. He you plays Yul Brenner. I mean, he he just, does, he does. And, and just one quick nod. Uh, to a, a literary robot, it's a species of robots uh, uh, called the Berserkers. Fred Saberhagen. Oh yes, right Saberhagen. Yes. Yeah, and I remember. Oh, my, excellent. My, my first Berserker story I read in high school. I think it was called Patron of the Arts. It was like in a, it was in an anthology of science fiction, and I I had never read Saberhagen's Berserker series before that, and it's about a, you know, the Berserkers are there to, they're to, you know wipe out eradicate. You know, and and uh, and so the whole story is about this painter. The berserker's there to go kill this painter or this artist, and he's and he's fascinated by this guy painting. And so the whole story is him as this conversation, like trying to explain art and aesthetics and beauty to this mindless killing. Well, not mindless, this killing robot. And I thought it was such a great story and and way of talking about humanity and what makes humanity what it is and um and i don't recall the details of it but i just thought i I became enamored completely with this concept of these of these robots and uh so then i started collecting fred saberhagen stuff and reading it then good stuff i like i like them yes Mm -hmm. i like Mm -hmm. it i like them what was uh the story screamers well it had a chris who was that the Canadian one, you know, what I'm talking about. It was based on a uh, Philip K. Dick. It was um, yeah, and it was it was uh, it was RoboCop, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah, uh, yeah. What's RoboCop actor, the guy in the suit, Fez, who played RoboCop, Peter Weller. Yeah, was, yeah, Peter I think Weller, Peter yeah. Weller was in that. And that wasn't a bad. Have you, has anybody else seen that? No, so. no. Screamers. It was oh, like, I mean, maybe just the first Screamers. Part. Maybe yeah. Doesn't ring a bell. Doesn't sound like it's something I remembered. Anyway, it's not a bad, it's not a bad story. It's not a bad movie. It's about robots? Yes. Uh, Screamers, it's a battle on some planet between two corporations. And eventually... Is it, a, is it based on a Saberhagen story? No, it's based oh, on... Oh, uh, I'm Phil sorry. K. Dick, Philip oh, I'm, K. Dick oh, okay. Story. I'm sorry. I, I thought we were... And uh, the Screamers evolve over time. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then they first appear as like little kids and 
slowly evolve to understand what yeah but anyway that's not a bad story it's it's pretty good so well, you, I'll, I'll give the antithesis to who I brought up, who is our Daniel Olivault, is uh, the Terminator. Mm. You know, he's the opposite. <laughs> he's the killing machine. No, it's the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> and he is, yeah, that he is uniquely, um, his uniquely accented robotic voice is great. Yeah, which is interesting because I think, you know, the, the concept of, uh, you know, artificial life robots goes back centuries. We've been, I think humanity as a whole has been fascinated with this concept going back to the Greeks and the Romans. Um, I, you, you look at all the major civilizations, they have some sort of uh, mechanical device, man, whatever, in their mythology or, or they've created something like a toy or something to amuse the royals and something like that but on top of that fascination there's also the fear so we have the thing that, that these things could get smart enough to replace us and take over so it's like that oh we can't we we love the idea of making them but we're also repelled by the idea that they could one day just like mm, yeah you guys are done you're out snuff us and we're yeah because they've they've been uh, focusing on like very human-like uh, androids here recently yes uh, because like we have ex machina oh, which is a yeah. great movie yes oh yes. so the good yes. ending. um and then uh westworld came back mm -hmm. as a, a tv series which um i really liked the first two seasons, seasons? yes first, season. the third yeah. is brutal i mean it's just yeah it's just mean <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah it, it is um, it is. So I think there's just, uh, there's a ton of stuff, you know, and then we have uh, Blade Runner, which are they even androids? Are they constructed Well, they're humans? replicants. That's why yeah. they're called replicants. Right. That's, you know, that's left to be kind of vague as to exactly what they like would be. Clone, because they like a are, clone. Well, they're like, they are like clones. I mean, they are, they are organically based to a, a large degree and then genetically modified. So... Um, they're not really, they're not really robots, you know, they're yeah. not, and there's yeah. no by, uh, me, yeah, mechanics, yeah, biomechanics, um, you know, it doesn't really enter into it, but yeah. the, engineering, the, the, it's, yes, it's, it's you know, genetic engineering. Um, so they, I they, I don't think they would be considered robots. No, they would be robots, but I think in the terms of uh, artificial life or synthetic life, I think it, it it's just like in synthetic life. Line. Yes. Yeah. That, they are synthetic life. You're right. And and I, I would, I would add that to this, this list. It, it, it's, you know, it's just further down the line. Um, and uh, Gadfly, you're right. Uh, and, and also to speak to Dr. Head, I loved Westworld, the movie when I was a kid, I was like, what a great concept. And then I saw the new Westworld TV show as an adult and I'm watching this going, Oh yeah, this is a terrible idea. This, this, this concept of a park where you can let people do whatever they want to machines. This is awful. I, I was like watching the show kind of like, it's like an abject horror. I'm just like, Oh, this is, this is terrifying. Cause you know, that's probably what would happen if, if you gave people the ability to go into this environment, they'd be like, so I can do anything, anything. Okay. And I'm like, and what if the machines got to a point where, after they keep getting rebooted, that memories stick and start to flood down and affect their current consciousness. And they're like, hey, wait a minute. You raped me the other last time you were here. Mm, yeah, crack. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, that was. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, there, there we go. That's, you know, AI enters yeah. into it in yeah. a big way, which yeah, is, the, you know, and then that, that makes absolute sense, you know, as, as an evolution to how we look at things and perceive yeah. things, and how things are today, because yes. AI is a, is a reality. It's not yeah. you know, Absolutely. a science fiction concept anymore. Yeah. yeah and, and, you know, you've got Star Wars, which has droids. Um, yeah. And I think <laughs> some of the evolution uh, in the, like the Mandalorian and some of the, the later ones where you get something, it's a little bit more interesting, you know, in terms of how they're handling the, mm -hmm. the mechanics of the droids, because now they have computer animation and all that kind of stuff. Um, that bounty hunter android in the Mandalorian. Uh, IG-11? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> great. It was great. Yeah. yeah. And they, it, it had a really good arc, too. You know what I mean? Like, just uh, with, uh, I mean, he was saved by Nick Nolte. Fucking A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Assassin droid turned into a babysitter. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Most lethal babysitter ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, really good. All right. Well, there we have it, folks. Robots, AI, androids. Oh, we forgot Tweaky. Tweak. <laughs> beady, beady. Yes, we did. <laughs> On purpose. You know, you know, we almost got out of this without Tweaky, and then you had to bring it up, didn't you? Well, now we know we're a flavor flavor. Beady, beady, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the clock. We're going to beady, beady you. <laughs> Ned, beady, beady you. <laughs> You sure got a beady beady <laughs> squeal. That's a little pretty, piggish. <laughs> pretty pretty. <laughs> nice. All right, there we go, folks. Robots, we love them. Now we hate them. Thanks to Tweaky. <laughs> Thank you, Tar. <laughs> Anyone else? Final words? Except for Tar. Somebody mute him before he says Tweaky. <laughs> you sure do have pretty lips. <laughs> You didn't, you, you, you Ted Beatty Beatty. Yeah. <laughs> Squeal okay. like a tricky. Beatty Beatty. Yeah, you guys want to watch me take a dump? Say! That it? <sighs> All right, and you've been listening to Who Are We? Everybody knows who we are. I wasn't that ready for that. That's <laughs> get mentally prepared. That's what happens when you drop a tweaky in the middle. <laughs> Unsaneradio at gmail.com. That's how you can reach us. Tweak, 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 grinder. <laughs> yeah. Swipe left. Ro robot grinder. Swipe left. <laughs> Radio Unsane at Twitter. We Freaks on Facebook. I think there's an Unsane Radio on Facebook. Mark Justice Ryder on Facebook. That's... Mark's in the midst of a new book. Hey. Yes. Cranking this baby out. Yeah, I think it'll He's be He's writing as we months. speak. That's right. Why, why am I here? <laughs> Two-fisted. <laughs> you're, here, you're here to right some wrongs. <laughs> That's right. Beady, beady. 
have a tweaky in both fists. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what I'm calling it now? <laughs> I've been tweaking to, with both fists since I was 12. I've been oh, beating, beating it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just got a new thing of lotion, too, so. <laughs> <laughs> it puts the lotion on. Or it gets the beady beady again. <laughs> or it gets Where? the hose again. <laughs> Where's that beady beady sock? Oh, beady beady. Oh, Where's the dog in the basket? <laughs> Or do I go with the crunchy? <laughs> crunchy. Yeah. yeah. That's friction like for rub. your affliction. Uh, I need to exfoliate. All I got to say is he gonna fuck that little dog. <laughs> Peanut butter pussy. Smooth, creamy, and easy to spread. Thank you, Shakes. <laughs> and this man's stone has officially gone off. <laughs> we are all going to need some extra therapy now. Medication time. Later. <laughs>